it's quite a challenge when you're trying to fight for your life and trying to fight for your relationship, trying to fight for another life. It's quite a big challenge. Now, this is Book Talk. I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. Today, we're going to talk about a book known as Fighting for Our Lives, authored by Hart Chot. And she's going to be here shortly. As always, we have guests come and tell us about their books that they've written or about their writing journey. And uh, we've always had a great time. And believe you me, today is going to be a great one because we have a great, great guest with us here. Before we go to meet her, I would like to ask you to please share this episode with all your friends. If you have a question, please ask. We'll answer it. If you have a comment to make, we appreciate feedback. So don't hesitate to make a comment. And uh, I won't take one more minute because we have some time to catch up with our guest today. Join me as we go and meet her. Here we go. Hello, Heather. Hello, Anthony. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you for having me on. Yes, it's such an honor to have you here at Book Talk. Huh, it's such an honor to be here. Yes, <laughs> uh, we... To everyone listening, I'm excited to share. Yes, we love books. We love book authors. And uh, so once we see you here, we are excited because we know you've got something good to share with us. I'm excited to share. <laughs> where where in the world are you? If we can begin here. Yeah, I'm in Colorado in the United States, Southern Colorado. It's finally cooling down a little bit. It's pretty hot and arid <laughs> where I live, um, but I'm happy to see some fall colors starting to show already. Um, and I love living here. I live here with my eight kids. We have Whoa. eight kids, a dog, a cat, eight ducks, and 21 chickens. <laughs> so that's what I've got going on in my space here. <laughs> I envy you. I envy you. I love uh, all those things that you've mentioned. There are things that I love. I love family. I love animals. I love pets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really envy you. Yeah. So you're living the life of my dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty chaotic, but it's a lot of fun too. Yeah. And what's it, what is it that you do, if I may ask? Yeah. So I am a best-selling author and I am a mother of eight children. That's primarily my focus is my kids. But I also have built an online coaching business that has helped save tens of thousands of marriages now. Mm. So I focus on helping couples save their marriage from divorce. And I learned a lot going through my journey of going through cancer, like you mentioned, trying to save your life. 
another person's life and your marriage. Kind of all of that culminated for a period of time about nine years ago. And so I learned a lot going through that and now use those same principles that helped me save my life, save my baby's life, save my marriage. And now I'm helping to spread that forward to help save more and more couples. Mm. My personal mission, if I may, is to help save a million marriages. So that's the, the work I love. And that's what I do. Wow. And if there's something that is in danger, great danger nowadays, and as we progress with in time, it's it's the marriage. I mean, as we are always hearing statistics, the last time that I had statistics of the U.S. is like every uh, one of the two marriages is going to collapse at some point. That's 50% of the marriages end up collapsing. Yeah. And that, that's the last time, I don't know about the present one, but that's the last time that I had. So marriages are in great danger. So you're doing a beautiful thing. That's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Thank you. And we are with you to save a, a million marriages from, from, from divorce. Yeah. <laughs> now, even before we go into your book, we would like to maybe direct to someone who's interested in that area of uh, life. Where can they find some info on that? Because once we go to our books, uh, to our book, maybe we may not come back here. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, so if you're wanting help on creating a healthy and functional marriage, then you can go to highthrivecoaching.com. That's H-I-G-H-T-H-R-I-V-E coaching.com. And you can book a free call with us there to talk about your relationship, where you want it to go, what some of your challenges are, and we'll help you create a game plan to move you forward, an actual action step plan that you can start using right away. Thank you very much. Yeah. So run there and get some ideas. Save your marriage. If you have a marriage, then save it. If you're planning to get married someday, then you better head there and prepare for what is to come. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we got into writing and uh, even before we go into your book we'd like to know is this your first book or when is it that you started writing in life oh i loved writing even when i was a little kid i'm very imaginative so i loved writing fiction i loved creating worlds and characters and always felt a very strong pull to share messages that help people Mm-hmm. Uh, help them learn something or to understand something about themselves, to help them connect with who they really are, to help them with their relationships, right? So stories that have meaning. So I started writing um, even in high school and I finished my first um, actual fiction book at the age of 21 and published that. And then I published since then, I believe 12 fiction. <laughs> and so I found that as a great way as a mom to have that creative outlet and to find some expression um, in between like nap time and diaper changes and stuff. I would find, (laughs) squeeze in some time to do what I am super passionate about. And then at the age of 29 is when I was diagnosed with the the cancer. And that's when I decided to um, shift gears from writing fiction a little bit to capturing what was going on. And it started out just as a journal entry. I was just writing in my journal to try to kind of process through things. And it's literally my journal entries. And I found that as a good way to just kind of 
I guess the best word is process what was happening. Mm -hmm. And after uh, I had gone through the cancer treatment, decided, you know, I feel like if this could help even one person, then I wanted to be able to share it. So that's the first time I wrote uh, a memoir and a nonfiction. So to answer your question, uh, I've published and written many fiction stories and several of them are bestsellers as well. Mm -hmm. um, but this one, The Fighting for Our Lives, was the first time I really wrote about my own life, my own struggles. It was super vulnerable, super raw. I felt really quite terrified to share it because it's not very pretty. <laughs> a lot of it's really, really raw. And like you see a lot of my fears and a lot of the pain, a lot of the, um, you know, different conflict and different voices that I heard from family members and friends regarding my decision to keep my baby. And so that was very, very vulnerable to share that. Um, mm -hmm. I really felt called to do that, to be able to help other people that might be going through a similar situation. Yeah. Don't we all need some ideas, some inspiration? And uh, when we hear a story, a true story that is coming from someone who's been there and done that, experienced the lows of life and uh, coming to tell people of how they rose again that's that's quite good and and we thank you for taking that step and sharing your story with us now the book that we are talking about for those of us who may be joining us right now is a memoir by a best-selling author fighting for our lives the role the role true story of one mother's battle for life, for her and the life of her baby. I love the cover. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Is this you on the cover? Yep, yep that's me, bald and pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, like I mentioned, that's uh, about nine years ago at the age of 29, um, going through breast cancer while pregnant. Hmm. Okay, dive us into the book and share with us as much as you'd like to share with us. So it starts off, like I mentioned, just with that very first journal entry on the day I found out I had cancer. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, I've noticed a lump um, above my left breast and I went in to my uh, midwife and I told her about it. And she said, okay, well, we'll go get it checked out. Luckily she took it serious because that's, I guess, one of the biggest um, determining factors for a successful outcome is if your health care professional takes it serious mm -hmm. and luckily she did. And then we went and got it biopsied. And so the first entry is getting those results and finding out it was cancer mm -hmm. and not only was it cancer, but the oncologist and surgeon there were telling me I needed to abort the baby to save my life. Mm -hmm. The cancer that I had was hormonally sensitive. So the hormones that were feeding my baby to grow the baby were also growing the cancer mm. and causing it to spread. And it already spread to my lymph nodes and they were concerned it had spread to other parts of my body as well. And so it was a very dangerous, life-threatening situation. In fact, um, most women that have the kind of cancer I did only have a 5% chance of living. Whoa. So <laughs> those were not great odds to be faced with, right? 95% chance of dying at a yeah. very, very young age. Mm -hmm. It was something I had never thought I would experience. I had no history of cancer. I never, it was not even like in my brain at all. Mm -hmm. So to be facing that situation while pregnant and being told I needed to abort the baby 
was like the hardest thing I've ever faced in my entire life. Right. And I knew immediately that for me, um, I was going to keep my baby. And I told the doctor I would rather die than take the life of my child. How did and you have that, that decision? That, yeah, that was a decision and a choice I was willing to face. Uh, how, um, what made you make that uh, tough decision? To me, it wasn't, it wasn't even really a thought um, mm -hmm. because I believe life is sacred. And so for me, I knew that I just really couldn't live with myself if I knew that I took my baby's life to save my own. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that that wouldn't be in alignment with myself and my own journey, you know? Mm -hmm. So to me, that was a pretty clear decision to make, even though it wasn't an easy decision to make. <laughs> Um, and my husband was unified with me in that. And so that was immensely helpful. He was like my rock in mm. making that decision to know that he stood by me with that and was fully supportive. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't have everyone in our lives fully supportive of that. I was told, you know, Heather, you have five other children. Like you need to think about them. You know, it's okay. You know, you need to do this in this case. And I totally understand if other women and other families make a different choice. Uh, I have no like judgment towards anyone else because it really has to be that personal choice that, that you make, mm -hmm. um, make it with your family. Right. Um, and so we didn't know at that point, like how we were going to overcome this. We didn't know how it was going to end. We didn't know if I was going to make it. We didn't know if the baby was going to be okay. And so we really just had to rely on a lot of faith and a lot of listening to our own, like our inner intuition, you know? Mm -hmm to guide mm -hmm. us through that. And so in the book, that's exactly what I share is going through all of that, going through the fear of dying, the fear of losing my family, you know, the fear of uh, my children being left motherless, mm -hmm. the fear of what would happen to my baby, the fear, is she going to make it? Is she going to be okay? The absolute helplessness that I felt in not knowing how to protect her mm -hmm. and not knowing how to give her the safety that you want to give as a parent to your child um, and just sharing all of that, like navigating different treatment options and looking at all the different possibilities before us. And so I just share that all very vulnerably in the book and the different struggles that we faced both physically as we chose to go through chemotherapy while pregnant. Um, we were blessed to find one of the top oncologists in the world, um, one of the top five that specialize in treating pregnant women with cancer, mm -hmm. and young women with cancer. And so we followed her treatment plan with a lot of faith and a lot of prayers and a lot of help from many people throughout the whole world. That was another thing that just blew me away was the amount of love and support and, and prayers and faith that people put on our behalf and feeling the kind of strength that came from that, that was beyond anything I've ever felt before. Mm -hmm. um, and so we share that. We share how people supported us. We shared how people helped us. Um, we shared how, you know, my friends from high school put together a benefit concert to help us out with the finances. And numerous people made so many sacrifices to help mm -hmm. me with the kids. And, and it's a really an amazing experience to receive that much love and that much kindness from other people. Hmm. And it's, and it's good. It's good that. You live to tell the story because as we can hear from your story, the child in question was born and then yeah. you have two more after that as, we, as I gathered from your 
statement. Yeah. Yes. And that was another miracle was it, we weren't sure if I would be able to have any more children after she was born. Mm -hmm. um, 50% chance that the chemo would have destroyed that opportunity. And so we were grateful to be able to bring uh, two more amazing, beautiful children into the world um, and be able to continue the journey of parenthood and helping raise a big family. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Such a story. Such a story. And no wonder looking at uh, the Amazon page of the book, I find uh, too many uh, comments, too many reviews. And, and I believe that uh, people have really loved the story because it got some good rating. And this is why we are encouraging the listener to go and get the book and find out more about the story. Now, I love when you share that you had a supportive husband and on, not only that, but you also had some supportive friends that have come together and uh, encouraged you to keep on moving and gave you hope of another day. And it's important to, maybe you can share with us the importance or a few points that you can encourage the person who's listening to create more uh, fulfilling relationships or sustain their relationships. And, and the benefit that you've got from the relationships you've had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, this was a big shift that happened. I felt like I was a pretty independent person. But what that really meant was I was actually afraid of letting people in. <laughs> right? I wanted to kind of keep a wall between myself and, and others. Um, and that was from some past trauma. We've all had some past trauma, right? We mm -hmm. all have our own fears, our own insecurities, our own self-worth issues or limiting beliefs that kind of hold us back. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, I feel like it was a really amazing opportunity to look at that and to be humbled and, and realize that it's okay to let people help you. It's okay to let people see you in weakness and in suffering. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to rely on others and trust them. Mm. It's okay to trust your husband and to rely on him. I talk about in the book, there's a specific poem that I wrote. Uh, poetry, I really find as a great way for my subconscious just to kind of like pour out everything and in, mm. in, without having to worry about it, making it look or sound right, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this poem about my husband and how he found me beautiful. So you see that cover there where I was bald and mm -hmm. a big belly. And in my mind, that was not the definition of, of beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for putting it there. Mm -hmm. um, I even at one point lost my eyebrows, lost my eyelashes, and I didn't even feel human, let alone like an attractive woman, right? And I grew up, I, for some reason, built the belief in myself that I needed to be certain things to be worthy of love. I needed mm -hmm. to be attractive. I needed to be a good um a good wife to my husband. I needed to take care of the house and take care of the kids. And I needed to meet certain conditions. Mm. Kind of like I had to be X, Y, and Z in order to be good enough to be loved. And mm -hmm. if I didn't measure up, then he was going to leave me or, you know, I wasn't going to be worthy of his love. And in this whole process of going through cancer, when I didn't feel attractive, I wasn't able to help him meet his needs. You know, I wasn't able to be like the supportive loving, attentive wife that I wanted to be, right? I wasn't mm -hmm. even able to take care of the kids. I wasn't able to clean the toilet, right? 
I was truly like stripped of everything I felt like I needed to do or be in order to have that love. Mm -hmm. And even when I was in that place, he loved me anyway. Like he showed me what real unconditional love is and helped me to realize that we're all deserving of that. And it is not dependent on anything that we say or do. It's just who we are. And mm -hmm. so making that shift is what drives me now to help people to realize that you can be loved and accepted for who you really are, mm -hmm. like who you really are, not the stories that you tell yourself and not the things that you say or do. We yeah, that's those unhealthy patterns and, and be in a state to receive that love from other people and receive help from people. Mm. And when we do it, it blesses both of us and helps us both to become better. And that's a beautiful story about your husband. Thumbs up to your husband. <laughs> yeah. Tell him that Anthony said he's the best husband in the world. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Now, and as we say, there is that support uh, that you get from your friends and your spouses. And even in going through that, you have self-doubt. You've got some things that you're imagining that are not right and does not make you whom you are, who you ought to be. And that's one thing, which, which, which is quite a challenge for many people to believe in themselves and the courage that they should uh, get the courage that they should have to keep on living. That's one thing. Now we go to another thing that is <laughs> the challenge you talk about of people who are looking at you, telling you you're out of your mind. Hmm. What are the, if I can go in that direction, what's one of your worst experiences maybe that is in the book? Of because I guess there is because when you talked about uh, the book being raw, the story being raw, then there could be a story uh, about those people who are against you, those people who are telling you, "Hey, change your mind." Right. What, what's the worst of them? Well, the the, the worst of them is actually not in the book. Mm -hmm. I took it out to for because um, I didn't want to do any damage to anyone. Uh, mm -hmm. um, since then, I've been given permission to share. Um, mm -hmm. So it was from my own parents and, and them telling me that I needed to think about my five children. And so that's alluded to in the book, but I also didn't want to do any harm <laughs> to anyone in that way, like sharing that publicly. I wanted to make sure that it was going to be healing and good for everyone. Since then, my parents have said, you can go ahead and share that. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then just numerous um, examples of people that were our good friends. We had church leaders. Um, people in my husband's work. And then publicly, as I started to share our journey, we've got pretty, some pretty negative feedback <laughs> from that. And, um, you know, like, didn't you think about your baby? You know, weren't you concerned about her? And I was like, of course I was concerned about her. That's why I chose to save her life and not mm -hmm. abort her, <laughs> but just a lot of misunderstandings, you know, about where we are really coming from. And so it was almost, um, a weekly thing that someone would come at us with a lot of fear of their own fear. And, and sometimes they were trying to help us or protect us because they love us. But it got to the point where we really had to just kind of tune out all the other voices. Hmm. We had the voices of doctors and professionals and experts, right? That, that were telling us one thing that just didn't resonate with our choice, right? And then we had to tune out the, the voices of fear from so many of our, our loved ones and our friends and our family and just really listen to our own inner selves and to the path that we felt like God was putting us on. 
and to really trust that. And I think that that is the main, if I could share anything with anyone, it's like, understand who you really are and listen to that inner voice inside of you, no matter what challenge you're facing and no matter what the naysayers may say. Right. Yeah. It's good. You mentioned that because I was coming to the question of how do you deal with that? How did you deal with it? And how would you advise someone who was listening to deal with those negative voices, those people who don't want to, not only even when you have challenges, but just when you're living life, there are people who are yeah. looking at you and they don't want you to go ahead. They don't want you to succeed. So how do you deal with that? Right. It is exactly that. It's tuning into that inner part of yourself that mm. knows truth. Mm. And the truth that is for you doesn't mean it's going to be the truth for like every single person in the same way. Mm. So it's allowing others like the grace to have their own journey um, while standing really firm to what you know is true. Mm -hmm. I think one of the best things, and I tell my clients this, is like, Think about how you want to look back at this time in your life at the end of your life. Mm -hmm. How do you want to look back at this time like 10 years from now, 30 years from now? Sometimes we're so caught in the moment that we lose that bigger perspective, right? And so that helps you when you kind of pull yourself above the situation to look down on what's happening and get clarity of like, is this really how I want to be? Is this what I really want to choose? Am I showing up in the very best way here? Mm -hmm. you know, and then making that choice so you don't live your life with regret. Because we're not going to do it perfect, but we want to make sure that we're doing our very best and give mm -hmm. yourself grace that you're doing the very best that you can. And that then gives you that peace of mind to look back and say, you know, I didn't do it perfectly. I made some mistakes, but I still know that I was doing my very best mm -hmm. and I don't have regret. Yeah, and so I think that's how we develop um, that wisdom and that peace to stand firm in that inner truth that we receive that's so that can help guide us i think we need to trust ourselves a whole lot more <laughs> and trust our connection with god or creator universe whatever you want to call it but there is a source that's helping us and guiding us along the way and so trusting ourselves to be part of that process that co-creative process um, as we move our, our lives forward yeah thank you for that mm -hmm. And when we talk about those people, the negative ones, and then there's a way I know that you can walk away from people who are against you, but then it becomes a challenge to people that you should still continue to see in your life. Mm -hmm. and, and and as you talked about your parents being one of the, the I mean, one of those people, that, that, or one of the biggest challenges that you had to face, how do you then find forgiveness and, and say, hey, for those people that I need to continue living with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust myself. I'm going to trust my gut and say, okay, let's keep working and I forgive you. How do you find that? Yeah. So forgiveness is a gift you give yourself, right? Because yeah. lack of forgiveness isn't serving you or anyone. It's only really holding you back. And that's a lesson I had to learn pretty hard over many, many years. I actually feel like that's actually a part of the reason why I developed cancer in the first place was my lack of forgiveness mm. and my bitterness that I was holding on to. I was trying to forgive, but there's a difference between trying and actually doing it, right? And that's actually one of the biggest questions I get from clients too is like, how do I forgive? And so it's really just making that choice that I'm not going to let myself be held back by this pain anymore. And I'm going to surrender it to that higher power, to a higher self, right? And return back to love. 
And for me, one of the biggest things that's helped me in, in the process of forgiveness is questioning my own story about things, right? Questioning the assumptions that I'm making about why someone did what they did. Mm. When you actually realize and gain perspective into where they were coming from, often that story that we make up about it was completely wrong. So I might make up a story like they're trying to control me, right? Mm. Or they don't really understand me or they don't really care. If they cared enough, then they wouldn't have done or said that, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe the story isn't that at all. Maybe where they were coming from is a place of fear. Maybe they were coming from their own trauma, their own wounds, right? Their own insecurity. Maybe they're coming from a place of trying to do good and in their mind, that was the best thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And then that gives you compassion and allows you to have grace for where they came from, right? when you gain perspective and understanding that where they came from was probably not the thing that you thought it was, right? Mm. It allows you to be humble and to have that compassion and grace for other people and allow them to be able to make mistakes because we all make mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. I find that when we are unforgiving of others, that's really a double standard because don't we all want to be forgiven, right? Don't we all want to receive grace? We've all made mistakes. And so if we want forgiveness, then we should be willing to give that to others as well. Wow. Wow. We really love uh, you coming here and sharing your story with us. Yeah, I'm super grateful, Anthony. Thank you. Now, for those of you who may be joining us now, or those who may get to even listen to this, uh, we are through with it. You're listening to Heather Court. Short, oh, sorry for that. <laughs> Is that yeah. name? I haven't had it before. Now, she's a strong woman. I, I'm, I'm lost of words because she's a strong uh, woman. She has a fairly big family. She has maintained it. She has been through the most deepest valley that you can ever be. And she's come out to share her story and encourage people to sustain their marriages and also keep their sanity. (laughs) Now, her being that strong woman, I encourage you to go and get the book and read. Get get to experience her from the words that she shares. And uh, yeah, the book that we had been talking about is Fighting for Our Lives. You better go and get it. Now, as we are almost coming to the end of this episode, we'd like you to share with us a few words that we should always remember. Which are they? I'm going to sum it up. Love, unity, and grace. Have love for yourself and others. Have unity, have that oneness of purpose. It helps bind our hearts and our minds and our lives. And grace, which is all about that forgiveness and that compassion. And that's what heals. Wonderful. Thank you for that. They're beautiful words. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you. It's been such an honor having you at Book Talk. We really appreciate you coming. Yes, I'm grateful to you and I'm grateful to everyone listening. You guys are all amazing. You're all beautiful and you're all worthy and deserving of love. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So we've come to the end of the show. We encourage you to go and get the book. And read it and get encouragement. And uh, that's about it for today at Book Talk. It's been beautiful. 
have been your host, Anthony Mwerore, and together with our wonderful guest, Heather Chot, was saying, fight for your life. Keep on living. Do the best that you can. Don't beat yourself up. You're beautiful. Bye. Bye. <laughs>